Talk Live. It's your show. You can dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All of the features, they're completely free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about tonight. Uh, the new passport rules are in effect. We'll fill you in on those in case you hadn't heard the news about that. Uh, plus, your calls about anything. We'll start with your calls because that's the point of the show. We'll go to Alex in New Jersey on the amp line. Hello, Alex. Hey, you guys. Hey. So you remember that uh, that story about that kid we'll call Jeff, and he had a very large sum of money in his pocket at the ice rink, and him and I opened a, uh, a bank account uh, against his uh, or without his mother's knowledge? Yeah, yes. the, uh, the story was basically that uh, if he gave it to – he didn't want to put it into their hands, uh, so you, being over the age of 18, could open a joint account with him uh, and essentially effectively keep the money out of his parents' hands. And it was given to him by his grandparents. Is that correct? Right. It was legitimately acquired, and his parents would have confiscated it because they're control freaks. Yes. All right. Well, I, ga- I gave him, uh, Jeff the Kid, a, uh, a Visa debit card so that he could securely access the money in his account. Well, the problem is, is that his mom found that, and she questioned him on it. Uh-oh. So I said to him, listen, always tell the truth, because you are in the right. You have no reason to lie. You are morally correct on this one. So he told the truth, and now the mom uh, took him to the bank and was, was demanding information from the tellers. Wow. And the, uh, you know, the tellers were saying, you know, we can't give you this information because technically it's not his account. It's right. mine. Right. So uh, she, uh, there were two branches in town, and she went to the one, but I went to the one that I feel comfortable with because I know everyone there. And um, I went down. Uh, uh, Jeff called me. He, uh, he told me what was going on. So I went down there. And uh, I briefed the staff at the uh, at the bank, and I told them what was going on. And they said, no, Alex, you're right. They, uh, there's nothing that uh, they can do about that. Now, Jeff said that he wants to have the account closed. Well, that's bullcrap because his mom is the one who wants to have the account closed, and he's definitely afraid of her. He is, like, so controlled by her, and so... He's just saying it because his mom wants to. So he said, where are you? I said, oh, I'm at the, you know, the Adamsville Road branch. So he says, we'll be there in a minute. So his mom wants to talk to me. Uh, oh, so boy. She, so she comes in, and I, I told the, uh, the people at the bank, I'm going to be polite, cordial, because this is a place of business, and, you know, I, I'm not going to blow up on her. So she came in. I said, hi, nice to meet you. My name is Alex. And then she immediately started rolling off demands. She wanted uh, me, you know, I demand that you close this account. This is my son. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute. What matters is what Jeff wants. You, you, um, you can say whatever you want to say, but in the end, it ultimately, uh, what ultimately matters is what he wants. Mm. Now, what I would have done differently, uh, looking back on it, is I would have removed him from the room and uh, t- took Jeff out of his mother's sight and asked him that question. Because if I ask him the question when he's standing next to his mom, yeah. then you know he's obviously going to say what he wants or, or what his mom wants him to say. Sure. So, all right. So um, the, he's, he's so like he whipped by his mom. It. So I said, all right, I respect that. Well, we agreed that if it ever came to this, we would um, he would lie to his mom about how much money he had, and he would tell her a figure that was two orders of magnitude less 
than what was actually in the account, which was good. What's that mean? So she made him take that money out, and I took, took the rest of the money, and I put it in my own account, and we closed the account. But while we were there, the mom was say, uh, was uh, started to blow up on me. Oh, he's a minor. How could you do this? I said, really, you know, I'm doing this out of a courtesy to you because ultimately it's my decision, not yours. And she mm. said, oh, this isn't a courtesy because I'm responsible for him, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, it doesn't mean um, you own well, him yeah. in every in every way, shape, or form. Pretty close. And and uh, she, I said. You know, this, I'm just I'm doing this out of respect for you. And she said, well, no, I don't accept your courtesy. And I said, all right, well, that's too bad. So I was, I was ready to just go off on her and tell her how bad of a parent she was. Because if the kid can't go to his own parents to, to learn about finances and how to do banking on his own, then there's something wrong. So, you know, I was about to go off on her, but, you know, we just we got it closed. I went into the manager's office. You know, I uh, relaxed in there for a minute because I didn't want to say something I'd regret. I would regret later. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just relaxed. You know, she left. But uh, now there's still a huge sum of money that's still hidden from her. So this may not be the end of it. But oh boy. The, uh, the Jeff, he was so um, scared. He was quivering, and I told him. I reassured him the whole time. I said, look, you are in the right. You did nothing wrong. You are completely morally right. And uh, the running joke is that his mom is morally bankrupt, but I'm chum. So Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's the story of what's going on now. I don't know if um, they're going to try and do anything to me because the mom... What could they do uh, to you? The mom said to Jeff, oh, we're going to have a big discussion when we get home. I bet they are. So I don't know if she's going to try and sue me or do no, whatever. They, they can try to do whatever they'd like to do. Um, you know, there's no there's no issue there. Uh, you know, <laughs> if there was, you wouldn't have been able to open the bank account in the first place. Unfortunately, they are control freaks, and um, unfortunately, your friend didn't. Um, you know, over wh- whatever hundreds or thousands of dollars managed that that he managed to lose today, couldn't grow up here in front of his mom. Um, at how old is the gentleman? Yep, 16 years old, couldn't tell mom, this is my money, it was given to me by my grandparents, and you will have none of it. Well, he probably didn't want to be grounded. I mean, I'm sure she holds something over his head. Well, she doesn't know how much money's actually there. You know, he, he, could, he lied about the, the, the amount of money. He could buy a car, likely, with that amount of money. As far as I'm and concerned. And then you don't need their permission to do anything. Well, as far as I'm concerned, you need somewhere to store the car, but yeah, I, and you need someone to buy a car with you because you can't buy a car at age 16. But nonetheless... If you can get somebody uh, to open a bank account with you, I suspect you can get somebody to buy a car with you. I think you're absolutely in the right here, uh, Alex. I think that uh, you did the right thing. You, you certainly minimized uh, the damage to this situation. Some might say that uh, that you shouldn't have uh, encouraged him to lie to his parents. But I think that it, with, with parents like that, uh, you don't want to have a good, healthy relationship. There's no healthy relationship that can be possible with somebody like that. And so it's going to be natural for young people to try to keep as much as they possibly can away from control freak parents like that. Uh, do you think that uh, everything was done in the right here, guys? I'm impressed. It, that it, Yeah, I mean, it sounds as good as it could have gone. I'm impressed that he did, didn't uh, say something uh, to the mom. I'm, well, yeah, and it sounds like she was the one making the scene, not you. Would you say that would be right, accurate? I was, I, was tr- I was really trying my best to keep a level head because I just wanted to blow up on her, but sh- and she was ordering me around. I said, no, he's going to do what he wants to do, and, and that's that. So, and like uh, I told him, hey, Jeff, go ahead and get the blue slip and write out the withdrawal for, 
to, for the, the fake amount of money in the account, and then he went and did it, and she said, Jeff, you just do whatever he says? Like that. And I'm, and I'm <laughs> well, that's what her problem think, is. You know, her problem is that she doesn't have complete control, and she, um, you know, she saw him following your your instructions and whatever they were. Of course, whose other instructions could he follow? It's your account. He would have to follow your instructions, and right. uh, you know that's that's what infuriated her. Um, I, you know, personally, all I can see that I would have done here is if she started ordering me around before the money was taken out, is I'd have made her wait a day. Right. Um, right. Yeah. But one I mean, more. Out, see, uh, it is technically you know, not my money morally, so I'm I'm I feel morally obligated obligated to do whatever Jeff wants me to do with his money. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. However, um, it is your account, and uh, Jeff has uh, a moral obligation to treat you with respect, and thereby proxy. So does his mother. And if Jeff wouldn't stand up and say, and tell his mother to treat you with respect, then therefore you can make them wait a day. His lips were quivering. He I understand. Was so scared. Yep. Well, and, and um, you know, it, it, this would give him an opportunity to watch somebody stand up to his mother mm. in a cordial way. Uh, Ma'am, I won't be talked to like that. I'm a grown adult. You don't speak to people um, like that. I, I'll meet you back here tomorrow and we can do this. Yeah. Mm. Well, but, hindsight's you know, always twenty twenty. Hinds yeah. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. It sounds like you did a very good job. I think so, too, Alex. Uh, thanks for being out there and uh, helping that guy out in whatever way you can. It sounds like you did a good thing. Thanks for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. If you are planning a trip to Mexico or Canada, it just got a little more difficult. 1-800-259-9231 is our number. We'll give you the details coming up here in moments. Also, take your calls about whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Live, you can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and uh, you can use it free, thanks to SACL CAI. Great group of folks. And still to come here, uh, we will get to the border story, but first, uh, I want to tell you about the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Want liberty in your lifetime? Don't miss the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, June 25th through the 28th in beautiful Lancaster, New Hampshire. Join hundreds of liberty-loving people for a weekend of freedom and fun. Register today at porkfest.com. That's porkfest with a C, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Uh, we'll continue here with your phone calls and go to Nick in Kentucky. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Nick. Awesome. i got two quick comments and a question. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Uh, the first, I wanted to, I was listening to the podcast a couple of days ago, and uh, we were talking about introverts and extroverts and all that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, basically, I wanted to say that uh, it, it, uh, it really depends on the people around you and or your passion, because I went to an international board gaming festival this weekend, and uh I have never played uh, like Euro style board games before, um, which, in other words, it's just more like more involved. It takes about four hours to play each game, that kind of thing. Hmm. Um, anyway, but these guys were, you know, as introverted as you can get, um, as far as a couple of people who I knew who invited me. Right. Um, but in this arena, in this thing where they had a passion for these games, they were just the most outgoing people you have ever seen in your life. Hmm. And outside of that, though, they had problems with, uh, with you know, interacting with people. So I guess what my comment is is just kind of find a passion like that, I guess, and get involved with some people, find your passion, and find some people who enjoy the same thing. 
then you'll start to get around people and interact with people more often and maybe branch out from there. You'll, you'll come out of your shell, uh, so to speak, yeah. if, you, if you already have something in common, uh, at least that you know of, with the people that you're around. That's a, it's an um, interesting it's, point, and I think it's probably true uh, because the, just the more you're around people, the more likely you'll probably be to have some conversations with them and get to know them and, and become more uh, more able to socialize. I've seen it happen with uh, some of the more quiet activists around here. Uh, there's one in particular that's very, very uh, shy and reserved, and I've noticed him uh, speak having conversations more and more with uh, with other people, and I think that's, that's a good sign. Yeah, I don't want to um, – I, I, I would – I hesitate to uh, call in being an introvert a weakness. I think that the inability to you know go up to people, talk to them, uh, you know, interact with people, to control a situation um, t- to that extent is a weakness. But I wouldn't call being an introvert a weakness. Well, I didn't necessarily mean that. I just meant like yeah. if if that's what they want, if they're yearning to change their lives and trying to get just to be able to because uh, the people who I know in particular in this in this arena in this in this environment. They do want to have more friends and get out more mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So this is a good start because it, I think it will help them out a lot. So Excellent. Thanks for sharing that. Um, uh, what else? The other, the other thing, the other quick thing was uh, I know you guys uh, aren't fans of the 9-11 truth thing. I hate it. I can't stand it, actually. So my comment is, again, I was listening the, the day when, when somebody called in about the 9-11 thing, and, and my thing is that, when I first heard about the whole controversy about 9-11 and the buildings and all that other stuff, I thought in my mind, I thought, well, maybe that would be a good thing to expose the government because then maybe the people would be outraged and would come closer to liberty. But when I think about it, it's, it, it doesn't really do anything at all because just like you know, they, they listen to anyone who's in charge and they think my team's going to win, my team's going to win. So in other words, if, if – we found out that the government blew up the buildings or they did whatever. It was an inside job. Mm-hmm. All that's going to happen is Obama, whoever's in charge, is going to say, well, that's horrible, and we're, we're going to make sure that doesn't happen to us because I'm, you know, I'm high and mighty, and I'm right. going to make sure that I'm going to keep you safe. And that was those other guys. That was, that was those yeah. other guys. It wasn't us. Yeah, exactly. Know? I mean, just like with the Guantanamo Bay thing, you know, he, you know supposedly you know, Obama said, well, look, we, uh, um, you know, we're going to close it down, and, and we exposed the torture that was going on and all this. But what happened? Nothing. I mean, right. really, nothing happened. So they're just trying to, you know, give themselves a pat on the back for nothing. I mean, it doesn't change the government at all. It makes it worse in some instances. So yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Obama's think... trying to take the uh, wiretapping that Bush, uh, you know, did unconstitutionally and, and turn it into law. I mean, they, you know, somebody make yeah. the argument that Obama's worse than Bush because he's just doing whatever, you know, Bush was doing, but he's trying to codify it in law, which would, you know, bring us farther yeah. down the path to tyranny. I think that it's also right. counterproductive in another way that's uh, even more critical I mean, besides the fact that uh, revealing the so-called truth, and I don't honestly know what the truth is, and it doesn't matter to me what the truth is about 9-11, but, but revealing it in whatever way it might actually be, if it all comes out, whatever it is, uh, is not going to do anything, as you said, to change the government. 
And it's also going to uh, it just talking about the issues and talking about the you know these mass conspiracies that are being uh, ring led from the Bilderberg Group or whoever. And there's these shadowy people behind the scenes. Nobody knows exactly who they are. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Blah, blah, blah. Is uh, you know it doesn't matter if it's Bush or, or or Obama. It's still the people behind the scenes, whoever those people might be. It creates this defeatist mentality in the conspiracy theorist. And I think that's one of the most dangerous things about it. I think it may be one of the most contra- the the conspiracy theory movement, uh, for lack of a better term, maybe one of the most counterproductive of movements out there. I know that some of us would like to believe that there's a slight chance that uh, the the conspiracy theory movement will bring people to the ideas of freedom. I don't see that happening. It seems to be that there's just one conspiracy after another, and it never really leads anywhere conclusive. Right. You know, they, they just yeah, find... and, I, and I think I think also it's kind of like that whole story when they say, you know, a dog chasing a car. If they got to the car, they wouldn't know what to do with it. I think that <laughs> if it actually happened or, you know, that came out, would the 9-11 truthers would be like, okay, what do we do now? Well, they find what something else. There, we, there's always yeah, another one. I mean, there's there's. Un- can we start investigating now? There would be one. I mean, it, it does any major news incident, especially that involves uh, some sort of violent action, usually results in some yeah. theory being right. spun and promoted. I, it, you know, I think that there's a kernel of truth down there in the uh, the old 9/11 uh, you know truth movement. I think that. You know, do I think the world's run by international bankers? Well, yeah, the people that control the money um, do run the world, and that makes perfectly good sense well, to me. That's no conspiracy. Right. That's not a conspiracy. Could some of those people be in the Bilderberg group? Could some of them be named Rothschild or uh, a, a Rockefeller? Okay. That makes yeah, sense to me. They've right. had money for a long time. I'll go for that. Now, then you start blaming the swine flu and 9-11 and uh, you know, you know, all these things. You try to find the new craziest thing to blame on this group. I feel that you take the, the, the conspiracy that is true and you obscure it with all these, this, this garbage on top of it that doesn't mean anything to anyone. No one ever talks about what to do. I mean, even if they are true, nobody ever talks about a solution. Uh, and and I think that's why it's so dangerous, because it's always just one conspiracy after another. And if these people believe all of it, then they believe that these these evil people are out to get them. And they're so powerful and so insulated that they can't be touched. And there's nothing that can be done about it except to build your bunker, stock up on a bunch of uh, dried foods. And, MREs, baby. Yeah, you know, and, and go get underground. The, the heritage. I, I think it's so, so. And, and so they end up. You know, cowering in their basement and uh, never actually doing anything to advance freedom. I I thank you for your call, and I I share your concerns. 1-800-259-9231. The government is dangerous, and it is evil, but there are things that we can do about it. And one of the things that I don't recommend is going around spouting off conspiracy theories and alienating people. I mean, the message of liberty is difficult enough to promote. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Alakees.com is a community for self-learners. At Alakees, you'll find tools to help you connect with people learning the same things you're learning, tutor other community members, and to make contacts that can help you find jobs. You can also earn money by sharing your know-how with others and contributing quality content. Visit Alakees at A-L-E-K-E-S-E dot com. Again, that's A-L-E-K-E-S-E dot com. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site, we give them away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. The features include the Facebook profile. You can head over to facebook.freetalklive.com and sign up to be a fan for our Facebook profile. What that gets you, I'm not really sure, but some people like it. They sure do. (laughs) Have you ever thought how great it would be to have a book espousing freedom on the bestseller list? Do you gag when books are chosen by the Oprah's Book Club or made into major motion pictures? FreedomBookClub.com invites you to participate in our summer reading event. Go to FreedomBookClub.com and choose your preference from the four finalists. Then purchase our book of the month. New winners are announced every month. FreedomBookClub.com, making freedom a bestseller. This is a plan, essentially, to get freedom-oriented books on the bestsellers list. And I think it's a very good idea. And, Mm -hmm. you know, likely you're going to be buying some freedom-oriented books anyway. So uh, go over to freedombookclub.com. See how you can participate. Because I don't think you actually – I don't even know if you actually have to to buy the books there or whether they are just organizing people. Freedombookclub.com. All right, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. We continue with your phone calls. Ladies first, Jamie is in New York. Jamie, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, hey. Um, hey I just started listening to you guys maybe, I don't know, a month or two ago. One of my friends turned me on to you. Um, Welcome. I would say that formally I've considered myself a liberal, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, you guys have some really interesting ideas to the table. And I noticed that you usually get a lot of conservative um, callers. So, you know, um, you sort of operate from their framework, and they give you certain issues, and that's what you respond to. And I've noticed you have less liberal viewers calling in, at least in the time that I've been listening to you. Um, so I have a couple of questions just sure. about um, just how this works as a political philosophy, libertarianism. I mean, like I've read Ayn Rand, and I think that um, the idea that one takes care of oneself, like as a personal philosophy, it makes a lot of sense to me. But as of, like a political philosophy, it's harder for me to grasp because like so many things are already in place that I can't necessarily see being undone, like Social Security and our military extending itself, you know, into other parts of the world. But before you go on, I know you've yeah. got more. Just to interject so here, yeah. uh, Social Security and the military, they're going to undo themselves in the future at some point. I don't even know. I, don't, I agree with you. I don't even know if it's possible to turn those things around because it would require some major coup at the, the federal level, which, I mean, it's, it's a difficult uh, nightmare almost to get one person elected at a, at a federal level. Uh, let alone a whole, you know, two hundreds of them in order to change the, the the direction of the ship of state. I mean, the way the uh, the way the social security uh, the situation is going, and the military spending trillions and trillions of dollars, it's just not financially viable forever, Jamie. Right, yeah, Jamie. Okay. I, I have to. I'd also have to interject that we know that uh, libertarianism on a national scale. We've 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 looked at this. We've been doing this show and been being libertarians for. I like, prefer six, the term voluntary. I don't, I don't accept that term anymore. That, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, the, you know, freedom-oriented folks for more than a half a decade now on the air, and we've kind of come to these conclusions that, well, there's nothing uh, that, like, why, you know, why would we have this philosophy? There's nothing that can be done. The Libertarian Party is a joke uh, on the national scale. Oh yeah. Um, uh, you know, uh, what what is one person going to do in order to stop the military from going anywhere? You know, it just it there's nothing that can be done except we found the Free State Project. We picked up. And we moved, and uh, at least 
you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel if we could see something like, uh, you know, New Hampshire seceding. And and I'd like to also point out that I am so frustrated by what has happened to the national libertarian movement. It has been taken over from the inside by the conservative uh, folks, and they've they've done a great job of taking over the uh, the liberty movement, and it's unfortunate and, and tragic. Uh, we were just talking last night about how the uh, the group Bureaucrash, which was a very principled organization run by true voluntarists up until recently, has been now subverted at this point, and it doesn't seem that there's any sign of them uh, turning around, at least at, at this point. But I want to point out that the liberty movement is made up of people who've come from all over the place. Uh, there are uh, uh, There are obviously people that have come in from the so-called conservative side, and there are, I think, as many people that have come in from uh, from the left as well, uh, and there are a lot of people that have come in from being completely apathetic and being, you know, not uh, participate, not even participating in in any way in in politics. They've come into this movement, so I just wanted to welcome you and let you know that uh, that you are not alone in this movement. Go ahead with your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the Free State Project is really interesting. It's not something that I had heard of before. I mean. I guess at that level, um, I, as my friend has told me, I think I'm not sure which one of you believes which, but one is against all government and one is for maybe like roads and some like police <laughs> intervention. Is that does that characterize your um, <laughs> yeah your, the two of you? Okay. Well, I think that um, I, I think that that's, it's pretty close. Uh, really, um, Ian is here to advocate for uh, liberty I'm for roads, just not for coercively funded roads. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. To advocate for liberty in a much more uh, fundamental and uh, immediate sense than I am, um, like this, the, the the world that Ian believes in of uh, free market principles, where you know you would have no government at all, no coercive form of authoritarian government uh, after people, sounds really great to me. I suspect it'll come about long after I'm dead. Um, so therefore, I think that if we're going to get on a path to liberty, let's start giving people uh, you know pathways to get there and, and things that they can see that make some sense. Okay, I mean, historically, though, I mean, do you think that, you know, people who are leaders in business have any more moral authority or can any can be considered sort of less susceptible to abusing power than people who are paid bureaucrats? I, I uh, see where you're coming from on that. There certainly have been plenty of examples of unscrupulous business people in the past, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. The difference is that you are not forced to do business with business people if you unless of course they're backed up by a government uh, that's forcing you to deal with a business person like for instance the power yeah. company or uh, you know well I guess cable company doesn't have a, a total monopoly anymore but there are certain businesses that are in bed with the government and so therefore yeah. they get uh, protection from having any competition in the marketplace but for the most part you know if you decide that so and so down the street running that uh, store that you don't like is a real jerk uh, you never have to set foot through his doors uh, ever Ever again. In fact, you can go beyond that. You can uh, create an active boycott of that uh, that person's company. You can spread the word about that. You can encourage other people uh, to not set foot in his business and to withdraw their their business from him. And you can use your power as the consumer as a consumer in the marketplace to affect change in a way that's impossible with the government because the government doesn't respond to market signals. It doesn't care what you think. It doesn't care if you don't like their services. It doesn't care that uh, you know it's throwing your friends in jail for smoking marijuana. It doesn't care about the people that the people that run the government do not care about that because they know that no matter how awful they are, no matter what they do that is destructive, you will continue having to pay for their services because they know that 
you're afraid of going to jail if you don't pay. So there's that's the key difference between dealing with a bad businessman and dealing with the government. The businessman cannot force you to do business with him. He can certainly exercise power over you in the sense that, it's, say you work for the bad business. Say you work for me, Jamie, and I say, you know, in order to continue working here, you're going to have to touch me in my special spot. At, at the very least... But she can leave. Right. At the very least... Uh, well, it, it, some people need jobs more than other people. Um, so there's there's power there. Yes, you, it depends on how bad you need the job. Right, you can power. always go and get another one. You can't one. deny that it's power. I'm just saying that she has a choice in that case. Right. Whereas if the government says it, that you're going to have to do it, um, the, you know, <laughs> depending on how it's forced... When it, comes to, when it comes to sexual stuff, obviously the government generally doesn't get involved. However, from a figurative standpoint... Could be a cop start, in the back of a police car. That's, that's happened before. Yeah, like what kind of what kind of remedy are you going to get from him? Does that make sense? Say that again. <laughs> if a cop decides, uh, that did if, sound dirty. Yeah, if a cop decides to do something terrible, uh, you know, as as they have in the past, it's very mm-hmm. difficult to catch them and uh, bring them to justice, justice. Whereas because they help each other, so there yep. would be no motivation. Yeah, yep. I mean, I, actually, um, I lived in South Africa for about a year, and that is the situation with their with their police is that it's just really corrupt and unregulated, and you don't know if a police officer is going to hate you or give you a ticket. Um, so I guess by comparison, I, you know, I'm... I know you've got more. Hang on, Jamie. We're gonna bring we're gonna bring you back. Uh, we'll continue this discussion in moments. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up whatever you want. I wonder how often uh, police molestation and rapes actually happen up here, and how uh, infrequently they're reported. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features are free, and if you enjoy this show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can learn how to promote us by going to promote.freetalklive.com. That is promote freetalklive.com whole list of things you can do most of them are very very low cost or completely free great ways to get the show into more ears around the world so we can get calls from uh, brand new people that are new to liberty and excited and interested and curious as we've uh, done as we've had happen tonight here are you facing debt problems with debtcrisissolutions.com's programs there are no payments to creditors debtcrisissolutions.com guarantees to protect your bank accounts wages and property from lawsuits if you're facing a debt crisis you need to be able to keep your um, keep your money so that you can take care of your family call 718-615-0123 718-615-0123 debtcrisissolutions.com so I believe we still have Jamie on the line with us from New York. Uh, Jamie, relatively new to the ideas of freedom, having come across the show a couple months ago upon the recommendation of a friend uh, coming in from the liberal side of things, as uh, you had suggested, and uh, have some questions for us tonight. One of the things that we had talked to, and Jamie, are you still there with us? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Okay, excellent. Welcome back. Uh, one of the things that you had brought up was the the question of, well, what about those untrustworthy businessmen? I mean, here you guys are advocating uh, the the free marketplace. What a uh, you know, what about them? Uh, can we really trust them to to handle products and services, etc.? And of course, I pointed out that with business people, you can always choose to not do business with them, but with the government, you don't have that choice. And to just to exemplify that uh, a little further. 
Can you imagine what would happen if one of those untrustworthy, greedy, evil businessmen got in control of the government? Because then they would have yeah. power on their side. Then they would have men with guns who would do their bidding, uh, who would do virtually anything that they uh, that they uh, told them to do. Uh, and they wouldn't even question it. I mean, we've talked to cops on this show that uh, even if they, they think that what they're doing is wrong, they'll do it anyway because I'm just doing my job, etc. Imagine having evil businessmen in control of that uh, situation. And that's what we have today. Evil people, people that are in search of power, Go for governmental positions, and I know I don't mean to uh, to label them all as evil. Some of them have the best of intentions. In fact, I think probably most government people have the best of intentions. But the problem is, uh, the what is it they say? The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Well, that and power corrupts, and yeah. it really absolutely. does. Absolutely, <laughs> absolute power corrupts. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So hope that helps. And, and so, like, even if I got in charge, um, I, I, as a matter of fact, I know if I got in charge, I'd be crying. <laughs> but I mean, even if the most moral person uh, in, that I you know, if my wife got in charge, she would become corrupt because um, you just can't help it. Power tends to corrupt, and you don't see it because of the human condition, the way we justify things. We don't realize that we're corrupt. Barack Obama doesn't realize that the fact that he's tapping our phone lines and won't close down Gitmo and is killing people in Pakistan and Afghanistan is corrupt and it makes him evil. He thinks he's doing it better. He thinks he's doing it right because at the very least, the Republicans aren't doing it. Yeah, you think he thinks well, yeah, he's, he's different? Yeah, he's compromised on all kinds of things that he's promised to do. Yep, I mean, sure. I'm not, you know, I didn't even vote for him, so I'm not, you know, I'm not in the dark about that. And I think the fact that he was able to get elected says a lot about, you know, the fact that our country is no longer colorblind. But I do think that, yes, he's part of the political machine now. So I'm sort of, you know, uh, a little less. He always um, was part yeah. of the political machine. Yeah. You don't get to be yeah. a Republican or Democratic candidate for president without being part of the of the machine, without being wholly owned uh, by the power structure. So is Ron Paul technically part of the machine or not part of the I believe Ron Paul has had his message corrupted over the years. Yes, mm-hmm. I think that uh, I think that he's the most independent, uh, honest he's doing politician his best. ever. He's, he's spinning his, I believe he's spinning his message so that it will be accepted by the largest amount of people. However, the fact is he's been corrupted. The fact and that, I don't think that's corrupt. I think that spinning, uh, spinning your message, message compromises. His message has been corrupted. Cor- compromised. Whatever you want to call it. I, I am not, you know, I, I agree that uh, Ron Paul is the best of the politicians, but he's still a politician, and that's what politicians do, is they want uh, to be popular. I, I agree with you. I, I have one more question about sort Certainly. of um, the, our country or states or, you know, whatever political entities that you feel should still exist, or whether or not you do, I guess, is a, uh, unrelated, but militaries, private militaries, you know, if we don't have a national government, do we have competing militaries and, you know, who gets that technology and, you know, you know, if there's this great big fall and our economy falls and our government falls, like, you know, isn't, isn't anarchy worse than, you know, a, a uptight controlling bureaucracy? I guess that's what I sort of wonder. Well, some would argue that uh, anarchy is what we have today and that you can never get away from anarchy in that uh, there are men with guns telling you what to do right now. They just call themselves the government. Uh, As far as the military is concerned, you can look around the world and you can actually find examples of countries like Costa Rica, for instance, that don't 
have a military. Sure, they have a, a, a police force in their country. They have a military. It's called the United States military. They do not have uh, a military. Yeah. Uh, and there are other countries uh, like that. So would if let's say that uh, you know next week all 50 states broke out and there are now 50 countries, uh, the former United States of America, would some of them elect to have their own militaries? Maybe they would. Uh, but one of the things that, uh, that needs to be pointed out that's, I think, critical to point out about the U.S. military and why it's so large in comparison to the rest of the world is because they have the ability to print out money. I mean, the, the U.S. federal government has the ability to just print money from thin air. And I'm not saying that the, the, uh, the individual states wouldn't also just create that ability for themselves as well. That is sort of the history of what governments do is they create fiat currencies and just you know, inflate the currency and, and use that inflated money, uh, they print out money and use it for whatever purposes they might. Uh, in the case of the U.S. government, a lot of it goes into the military. So if they had actually had to collect that money that they spend on the military from individuals in this country and individuals had said, no, we don't want to support this, then they wouldn't have been able to go and do all of the wars, uh, the warring that they've done. If they actually had to collect the amount prior to actually going to war from people on at least a somewhat voluntary basis, it, may, it would have made uh, the war efforts uh, that mostly impossible, I think, for that, uh, that we've seen in this country. So uh, hopefully we would live in a place where there'd be real money based on gold and silver and that therefore because the government that i would uh, you know if there was going to be a government i would live underneath it would be one that uh, that would would actually have a real money system and wouldn't be able to just print out money willy-nilly and do whatever they wanted with it that's one of the biggest empowering factors uh behind the military industrial complex uh, uh personally i i understand the concern that people have when you start talking about private armies but I, I think the fact of the matter is if you didn't have a government in place or much of a government in place, those would to some extent be kept in check by the fact that all people could obtain arms and training. And, I, you know, personally, I think rather than people opting for private armies to defend them, if people were left free to do so, I think you'd probably see more voluntary associations like the militia system that existed in the United States at one point before we had a large standing army where basically those who were willing would be the defense forces for whatever community you live in. And people could equip themselves fairly well in the United States if they were just free to do so. Does that answer your question? I, I think it does. I mean, I'm, you know, sort of on hinge on that point as to whether, you know, saying that anyone can have a gun because, you know, Obviously, like, there are certain people who I don't want to have guns, like former criminals, maybe not 13-year-olds. Oh, no, you, you know. had to go there. Yeah. I, I know, minute, I know wait it's bad. <laughs> wait a minute, hold on now, hold on. Okay, speaking as a former... My deep suspicion of the human race, that, you know, makes me a little uncomfortable. But Understood. I understand. Understand. Absolutely. And I, I know where you're coming from. Guns can be, uh, you know, guns, the fact is they're used to kill people now and then. Um, most of them seem to be used to put holes in paper, but um, that's fine. You know, I guess they're practicing for shooting at something, and sometimes those that something might be a human. Um, but I'd like to talk, I'd like to personally address the, the issue, issue of criminals possessing guns. I, if you, you know, if you've been listening off and on, you may, you may have sort of missed this as I uh, talk about it, but I'm a convicted murderer. Who, who worse to possess a weapon? But I've got to ask you this. If I was safe enough to release from prison, then what kind of condition am I being kept in now? I, uh, my wife and I live on 11 wooded acres here in uh, rural New Hampshire outside of uh, uh, the, t the town of Keene. And uh, I 
have no weapon at my house to, uh, to protect myself. There are no cops in my town. I mean, shouldn't I be able to protect my family too? Shouldn't should my wife be able to possess possess a weapon? Because she can't simply because she's lives in a house with a convicted felon. She can't possess one, and that's what the implementation of these rules is like. How does that make you feel? I, yeah, it it does seem unfair because I guess the fact that people need to control. You know who has these weapons? But they just, can't control. That's the other point. Yeah. Is if Mark wants to get a gun, he right. can go the out. People, and get the one. people that control who has the guns have guns themselves. Yeah. So <laughs> so it's all it's really just an illusion. Any criminal that wants to go and get a gun and use it for criminal purposes yeah. will do. I could have one by the end of the night. Hey, great call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Hey, send a picture in for the Shrine of Female listeners when you get a chance at shrine.freetalklive.com. And don't hesitate to call us again. Appreciate hearing from you. Hour two coming up. SwissAmerica.com reports Tuesday gold prices rose above $980 an ounce as the dollar retreated further and upbeat housing data lifted stocks. Gold last traded up $6.50 to 981.10. Silver rose 37 cents to 15.96. Gold just seems to make sense. It's a store of value. The price could double or even rise fivefold if the economy continues to weaken, said Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company CEO Edward Zor. More at SwissAmerica.com. Recession, inflation, market volatility. What do you do to protect your money? Call Swiss America to send you a free education on gold investing. Gold offers you safety, liquidity, and excellent profit potential. Gold is the only asset that's not someone else's liability. The DVD, booklet, and newsletter are free. The knowledge you'll gain is invaluable. Call toll-free, 800 800-630-1496. That's 800-630-1496. 800-630-1496 today. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial toll-free 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800 259 9231 joining you tonight. It's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Also, don't forget to join Nick over at his website, freemindsmedia.com. Or you do have .com I'm now. Sh- I'm not sure if it's up yet. Is it? Okay. Well, check that when you get a chance. Yeah, freemindstv.com. Freemindstv. They've, they've, they've got so one. many websites. Freemindstv, freemindsradio. Freemindsmedia seems to be the new central uh, hub for your different content because, well, Freeminds is all over the place. They do television. They do Freemindsmedia.com is up. It is up. Okay, great. Freemindsmedia.com is the brand new website. You guys are now blogging there as well, which I think is really cool. So uh, you get more Nick and Toby, who we don't have on as often. Uh, but maybe we'll have Toby on uh, sometime in this month, because, Mark, you're going to be going away for a few days. And yeah, so I've, got, uh, I've got a busy month, busy couple of months. I'm really. going to talk to Toby about that. Anyway, Free Minds uh, Media produces some great television and radio content. You can download it all for free and watch it, watch and listen to it all free at freemindsmedia.com. All right, let's continue with your phone calls and go to Mike in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mike. Hey, guys. How you doing? What's on your mind tonight, Mike? Hey, Ian, Nick, Tom, or uh, Mark. Hey. I'm, a new, I'm a new listener. 
Wow. Um, for, um, now, listen, um, I'm blind, so help me a little bit. Sure. Um, when you go to your website, uh, do you have print-only documents that allow us to, uh, uh, to to save? That way we can read documents on your website. That's one question, and I had a comment. What, what kind of documents? I'm not sure what you're – are you looking for well, like I mean, a document? Anytime you, you put uh, post information out that, that gives the listener the opportunity to uh, uh, to review, let's just say, some research material you might have endeavored in, um, do you have such uh, do you have a, such a thing as a print only, uh, uh, or should I say, just a, a readable rather than a lot of pictures and such? Uh, you're you're talking about as like far as the things we talk about on the show, like show right. prep. Correct. There's the Free Talk Live BBS uh, bbs.freetalklive.com, and in the issues section of that. Uh, I do post the show prep at this time, though we are looking at changing the show prep system in the near future. Uh, currently, the show prep that I utilize is posted under the issues for, subforum of the Free Talk Live BBS. But those Thank are you. just links um, to my news next articles. Was, you know, I, I, I've just started listening to you recently in the last two weeks, um, and uh, I'm really amazed. You guys are wide awake. Uh, and I love the way you aggressively, um, you know, address issues that uh, shut down uh, our freedoms. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Libertarian. I'm not left. I'm not right. I'm just an American. And uh, you know, when I when I wake up in the morning and I turn on, uh, you know, alternative media, which is absolutely stunning right now. I mean, I don't listen to, to anything that has to do with uh, the mainstream media. I listen to uh, the ground that's rumbling right now on on our alternative media. And uh, what I found out with your show and with others is that, uh, you know, America's asking the big question, what are we to do? There's this big gray area between get active or remain passive. And uh, when I say active, I mean, okay, when, when is it time to sharpen the sabers? And, you know, my, my comment to that is, unfortunately, uh, we'll know what to do when we have to fall back. But more importantly, um, you know, America, I, for one, am not going to be sharpening uh, my saber. I'm not interested in violent uh, solutions. Oh, no, no, no neither am I. Neither am I. Okay. But, I mean, there's, there's two extremes going on. There's the uh, Gandhi mode, and then there's the, you know, Patrick Henry mode. You know, uh, I hear the sables rattling. Shall it be at my front door, or shall it be from a distance that we make an, uh, an observation of what to do? But as we know, the Constitution, uh, the uh, and this is my comment. Maybe I wanted uh, to see if if you guys could tap in on this. Have you ever heard of the uh, the black uh, 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 the black brigade? Black I have not brigade. Yeah, the black robe brigade. Black robe brigade. Uh, it was the very first uh, uh, before the Constitution. Uh, actually, preachers were the ones who used or, or held the Bible in their hand, meaning so much tyranny was uh, always displayed in the Bible. And uh, when it came time to rattle, uh, 1% talked about it and 7% fought it. And that was the American Revolution. And uh, yet there's this gray area. Americans are paranoid, man. They, they, are, they know something's going on. They don't know what to do, how to do it. That's true. Uh, they certainly don't. And, and yet, I mean, they're, they're in a paralysis right now. It's like, and when you try to talk to them, because they don't know, they don't want to hear. Mm. And America... It, we love. I love my nation. I, I lost my sight ten years ago, and 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 I've been. Wow. You know, I've been walking in this in the last ten years. I've watched things that I never thought I would. I, 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 H. G. Wells or Welling and stuff. You know, um, and I'm I'm standing in the middle of America right now, going. I paid my light bill. I paid my phone bill. I paid gas tax. What's going on? How is it that my food is contaminated with GMOs? How is it that my water is loaded with chloride? My food's with. Stan, I mean, uh, the food I eat tastes pretty darn good, and I like the water that I drink, so I'm not sure about all that. But it does that. have a lot of chlorine in it. I don't think that, that that's necessary. The reason that we need chlorine is because we have a crappy uh, you know, municipal water systems. Absolutely. 
And and but I, I mean, uh, most Americans are starting to wake up to what they look up in the sky and see chemtrails or GMOs or. And yeah, you know, I don't think most Americans are waking up to that because uh, it's just it seems like uh, crackpot nonsense. Um, absolutely, doesn't it? Well, it and is crackpot nonsense. I'm talking to people, they're going, "Hey, man, are you okay?" And I go, "Look, look, look up in the sky, nutrition trails. What do you think of that?" And, you know, are you I, serious, I man? Else. Are you seriously uh, promoting the idea of chemtrails? I mean, doesn't that just seem absurd to you? I, you know, it does to me. And when I look up in the sky and, and I see like forty-five or fifty, but you don't lines, see. You're blind. Are they, are they dumping? Uh, is it just exhaust? But you're blind. How can you look up in the sky? Well, because people talk to me about it, and I and I know of it. I have partial sight. I have like I have macular degeneration. I have okay. no center. I have um, um, only peripheral, and uh, not very much of that. So, what I, can we tell um, Mike about the contrails that people are mistaking for chemtrails? Some people claim that uh, that they were different first, back in first the past. We acknowledge that uh, the government is uh, different. Gov- different levels of government are dropping poisons uh, out of the sky. Now, obviously, the, um, and, you know, it depends whether it's malathion and all, all kinds of other things. So there's some truth mixed in here. However, turbines, uh, jet turbines have changed over the years, and the texture of the contrail that it leaves does change. Um, there is a lot of air traffic out there, and it does look like a, uh, a, you know, a, a checkerboard pattern in some places in the United States. Other places, they don't get anything. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you you wonder you wonder what, but you know, it's like they say, uh, uh, well, we're going to leave Guantanamo. We're going to leave Guantanamo. We're going to leave Guantanamo. But yet they, they haven't left. We're going to leave Iraq. We're going to leave Iraq. They're lying to us. See, those are those are issues that you can actually point evidence out and say these are incontrovertible. This is concrete right, right. information. When you start uh, going off on the the chemtrail subject, yeah. then you start looking like a, a crackpot loon. And you sounded like a pretty <laughs> sensible guy uh, at the beginning of your call. So I'd, I'd like you to you know take forgive another. Me, forgive me for going that way, but um, you know when we when we as Americans begin to observe all around us all things happening. I mean. It, I've been 10 years into understanding things. Of, uh, I started listening to radio because I couldn't watch TV because it, it agitated me. It well, agitated don't believe everything you hear. When I listened to radio, it caused me to think. And when, when I began investigating a lot of stuff, guess what I realized? That there's guys like you who care about guys like me. And that's why you're on there. And you're telling me how important it is to be observant of everything, all my surroundings, political issues, uh, natural issues, green, go solar. These are things... That uh, I was so busy. Uh, I, I mean, I worked for uh, um, um, a Nissan Corporation, lost my eyesight, and had to change my whole um, uh, way of living. So, you guys have brought me to a place, and not just necessarily you, but many others. And so, the question, I guess, is: Is America waking up? Um, and uh, I do not. I don't have an answer for that question. I don't know if there's any evidence that uh, America is waking up, but I do know that there are some people out there that are coming to understand what the government really is, and that is, it's a violent monopoly. It's men and women that are willing to aggress against their peaceful neighbors, and some of them are coming to understand that the uh, the most viable solution to that problem is to get together with other like-minded people in the same geographic region. Hence, the Free State Project. 
Uh, and will the government do horrible, horrific things? Could they drop chemicals? I don't know. Probably. There have been some examples, Mark, as you said, the malathion. But after that was dropped, everybody knew that there were chemicals being dropped. I mean, because it was obvious what was going on. I think that uh, you've got to be very careful to not cross the line into the paranoid, crazy land of the conspiracy theorist and stick with concrete reality where you know that Guantanamo is not being shut down. You know that there are police raids happening all over the country. You know there's so many uh, so many concrete examples of, uh, of government tyranny that you can point out to people that, in my opinion, are far more persuasive than speculation about something that might be going on that, for all evidence I've seen, is not. Thank you for the call tonight. Good hearing from you. Um. Free Talk Live, you can bring up whatever's on your mind if you dial toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features, we give them away. So those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you. We do it free at freetalklive.com, and those features include live streams, broadband version, dial-up version, and even a webcam, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That is listen.freetalklive.com. And speaking of listening, audible.com is the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. You can listen whenever and wherever you want, just like a podcast. They've got over 60,000 titles to choose from. Audible.com has it covered. Get a free audiobook download when you sign up today. Just go to audiblepodcast.com. Slash FTL. That's audiblepodcast.com slash FTL and enjoy your first audiobook free. All right, 1 800 259 9231. Continuing with your calls, another Mike, this one in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mike. Hey, uh, uh, this is Mike. Mike, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Uh, it's actually uh, about a uh, school called American School. It's uh, you teach yourself your own curriculum for high school diploma. Sounds okay. pretty cool. And I'm having a problem. I need to uh, convince my parents to let me do this. And I was wondering what, what your input would be. Well, what? tell me more about the school. I mean, how does one attend such a school? What is, is it online? Well, or No, it's uh, it's actually they mail you the curriculum. It's They mail you a packet. And then my friend did this. This is the only way I have this knowledge. Uh, they, you, they mail you a packet, and then they mail you a book. And you fill out the packet based on the uh, whatever you learn from the book. And then you send that back in. They send you a test. You fill out the test, it's open book and everything, you send it back, they send it back with their comments, and you get a completion grade and a credit that can be transferred to any public high school. It's pretty amazing. Now, um, it'd be transferred to any public high school, they don't give a diploma of their own? They do, but uh, if you'd like to graduate with your class or something like that, you could do that as well. Now, why is it that you, um, so if you're going to graduate with your class and from the public school, why not just stay in the public school? Uh, well, actually, no, that's not what I want to do. I'd rather just get the diploma from them to okay. learn easier. Because public school sucks, Mark. I agree. I, well, I, I, <laughs> but if you want the diploma from the public school, why not stay yeah. in the public? I want to understand what his motivations are here before we uh, go Oh, no, dispensing. no, I'm, I'm not saying that I, uh, that I want to graduate with my class or anything. I'm just saying that's, an, that's something so, you can so, do if you'd like to. Understanding that public school sucks, why, does, why is it that you want to quit public school? I feel that I really can't communicate on a level with my peers, and I really just don't like the generalization that they give in public schools. Well, and it sounds like this would allow you to work at your own pace, right? I mean, you whatever you learn, you oh, learn yeah, it, and then yeah. you take the test, right? It's actually uh, it's $50 a month, and it's not based on what credits you get. It's uh, just how fast you work. So let's say I pay $50, and amazingly I get all the credits that I need for high school done in one month. Well, I just paid $50 and got all the credits I need. 
And it's, or, you say it's called. The opening can go slow. This is called the American School. What is it called? Yes. Huh. I, I think it sounds like a great idea. Your question was how your parents could be persuaded. Yeah, yeah. I've actually done some work myself. I've calculated exactly how much time I waste in school. Hmm. You know, it's incredible the amount of time that's wasted in school, sitting there in homeroom, saying the majority the, of it, I would say, you know, the, the pledge of allegiance and uh, you know roll calls and all the hand raising and waiting around yeah. and all that other stuff, and then you start figuring in the point where I know what they're teaching here. I don't need to be instructed on this right. particular point while they instruct, you know, the give instructions the for know. at least somebody in this 30-person class, or for that matter, nobody often, because how can you, how can everybody come up with the same time and say, well, we don't, we already all know all this, we don't need to see yeah. anymore. So they're hand-holding the slow guys. Right. So you just have to wait. It's lowest common denominator, and I, I do wonder if you could do public high school, the amount of curriculum that they teach you there, if you could do it in a couple of hours. Plus, then you start thinking about the garbage that public schools te- um, teaches, you know, when it comes to civics and history and, uh, you know, how they've rewritten all those things. And then I hear, I hear, but I don't know, this wasn't how it was for me, that, you know, the word problems in math class have a tendency to have a, a liberal twister biased on them now. And and, and uh, just all kinds of different There's stuff. lots of propaganda in the government schools. Including global warming and science class. How do your parents feel about uh, that stuff in general? Any of those, uh, you know, the propaganda, the government period? What do you think? Um, me and my parents really don't connect on that level. They, they feel like they really, uh, they really do have a choice in their country. I, I can't really speak for them because mm-hmm. I really don't know about that. And I actually plan on showing them this broadcast and plan on downloading the podcast and showing it to them just as another... Added help. So, but, uh, so you are so planning. I, you, you are expecting some resistance to this idea, then. Oh, absolutely. I've already actually talked to them about it. And what was their initial response? Uh, their initial response is, if you can't, well, I, I'll be forward with you. I have pretty bad grades. Um, I, I really just don't get it in public school. I know the curriculum. I, I get, I get flying colors on like ACT and all that. But in uh, actual classes, I generally get uh, C's, D's, and S. Well, this Why would is seem that? To... Why? Sorry? Why? Oh, uh, it's homework, basically. You just don't do it? It's not doing it. Well, yeah, that, I mean, yeah, I, can, I, I didn't do mine either. I, I can tell you that I got a five on the AP U.S. history exam, which was a, supposedly equivalent to a college-level course, and I got I a C-minus or a D-plus in the course, just because I didn't feel like doing the paperwork, the, the, the worksheets they handed out. I got A's on exams in chemistry I, and with yeah. E's in the class. It would seem to me that this would be uh, the only way you could go is up. I mean, if you went with this particular route, uh, you could That's essentially tell well. tell your parents that right. uh, okay. let me give this a shot. I could do better at this. Let and me, if I don't, then... Let me have a semester here um, yeah. and to try this out, and then um, if not, we'll go back to doing the public school thing. How much worse could it possibly be right. at this point? Cut them a deal. Uh, you know, uh, I would also well, look at some kind of financial, you know, some some way to try to uh, offset the fifty dollars a month, because although fifty dollars a month isn't much, well, yeah, I would expect you'd be paying for that, right? Or would oh, your parents absolutely. be? Yeah, I, I have a job and everything. I can do that. Yeah, and uh, and also I was I was re- researching today. Um, the average cost for uh, full high school, I forget exactly what it was, but it's almost six times as much as uh, what you're paying for the American school. 
well, they're still going to be paying for the government high school through the property taxes, so that's, yeah. nothing's going to change for right, them. The government's still going to steal the money um, in order to uh, pay for their, their government indoctrination center one but, way or the other. Uh, they don't have the option of that. But at the very least, uh, you know, <laughs> you might get better grades and yeah. you know, there'll be less time being exposed to their, their socialist uh, indoctrination center. Well, they, not that they are necessarily concerned about that. I think what they might they be most concerned be. about is whether or not you're actually learning something. And it sounds to me like this is something that's interesting to you. Right. It sounds to me like you have a real uh, drive to at least give this a shot and try this route uh, and see what happens and, and do your best at this. Whereas right now you're floundering and uh, you don't find the government schools interesting at all. It seems like they'd be crazy to not at least allow you to try this. What I might suggest is if you feel you could handle, I don't know what you do as far as a job outside of school or anything like that. Uh, if you could convince them to come on board with it for a month or two and you were able like, to complete yeah. a course on the weekends or after school, and if you can show your grades in this program are better than the grades you're getting in government school. Doing it simultaneous, uh, simultaneously. Yeah, I mean, maybe just do one class and do it when you have some free They're time. They're sabotaging themselves at that point because um, he's obviously going to show that he can do better in the um, you know the class that he's paying for than the one he's um, in. Like, so at that point, they could be sabotaging the grades that he already has. It seems to me, if uh, at the very... Uh, you, already you say, bad, I'm going to try a semester. Um, I'd like to try a semester. At the very worst, what happens? I'm behind a semester in public school. I say uh, give it a shot. Let us know what happens, will you? Thanks, Thank Mike. You. I appreciate your time tonight in the call. Good luck out there. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got updates for you. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, just go to updates.freetalklive.com and get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Do you enjoy adventure, especially if it's dangerous? Now, as much as you did as, um, as you did when you were a child, the Paladin Book of Dangerously Fun Stuff for Boys Who Never Really Grew Up contains more than 70 articles from Paladin authors on such topics as how to dissemble a tank, construct, construct homemade rockets, make traps and snares, and many other dangerously fun topics. To browse more than 800 books and videos on firearms, combat shooting, martial arts, and more, visit paladin-press.com. That's paladin-press.com. Let's continue with your phone calls. Phil is in Virginia listening to WSVG. Hello, Phil. How are you doing tonight, gentlemen? Hey, great. What's on your mind? Uh, i got a little story for you that I think you'll find very interesting, even out here in the rural areas of uh, Virginia. By all means. All right. Um... Just going to give you a little backstory. My wife is a licensed cosmetologist in the state of Virginia. Cosmetologist, and, that's a makeup artist? Uh, hairstyling, cosmetics, things like that. Got it. She does hair. Okay. Um, anyway, we received a bill in the mail from the county saying that we owed them a personal property tax of $877 for a supposed business we owned. 
We never fill that form and say we have business. We don't have a business license. We don't have any of this. So she works. Well, she works for a shop, basically. Yeah, she works for a shop. Okay. She's not. But when I called them, I said, you know, how do you get this idea that we own a business, and how do you assess its value of fifty thousand dollars? I said, where is this coming from? They said, well, simply put, she has a license, and we don't have a form on file that states that you don't have a business. And she I has a license. Hold on. She has a license to be a cosmetologist, and they have a form they that states... They do not states, have a form on file. But they don't have a form that states you don't have a business? Yeah. So you have to... If you're going to be a cosmetologist in Virginia, you have to file a form that says, hey, I'm licensed, but I'm working for somebody, and I don't have my own business. Otherwise, they send you a property tax bill? Pretty much, because they, they say they send you a form in the mail. Now, I don't ever remember this form coming about. Um, the only form we filled out was our normal form every year states that, yes, we have two cars. And, yes, she is a licensed cosmetologist. Nothing in there stated we ever had business. Now, is that income tax that you're talking about there, that, those forms? It's a, it's a, um, these are actually for personal property tax. State of Virginia is very strange. And, and because they have a low, uh, a relatively low state income tax, they augment it by the counties assessing personal property taxes on your cars, um, on the materials you may use for your business. Right. This is crap that you own. They tax you for stuff that you own. Right. It's depreciating. Exactly. We've heard of that. We've heard of those taxes before. I just have never, thank, thankfully, never experienced them. I never had that uh, happen to me in Florida, and it certainly doesn't happen here in New Hampshire. So I am always, always so saddened to hear the, f- the stories of the people that have to pay these property taxes. Personal oh, yeah. property it's taxes. It's a lovely yellow form you receive twice a year. Uh, but what happened was I went to the Commissioner of uh, Revenue's office, and I said, wait a minute. I said, why is the burden on proof on me to prove that I don't have a business? I said, since you're the one assessing the bill, shouldn't the burden of proof be on you to prove I don't own a business? And my <laughs> wife doesn't own a business. And he said, well, that's what the, sta- that's what the statutory states that we can do. I said, prove it. Show me where we have a business, and I will show you where we don't. I said, because you would have nothing. And uh, I raised so much cane in there uh, that what happened is is that the Commissioner of Revenue herself comes out from her nice high and mighty office mm-hmm. where she stays away from everybody. Um, and after a little bit of back and forth, uh, she's like, well, just bring in your income tax forms. And that's all we need. I said, I have no problem doing that except for the fact, the principle of the matter is that I have to prove something that you can't prove. I said, you can't, I said, you have nothing to say to have a business. And then this went back and forth, and she left me to her associate to try to figure it out, and her associate actually cut me off in mid-sentence and states, uh, well, you have a nice day, and we'll see you when you bring your tax form in. And it goes, <laughs> have a nice day. Oh. Like, have a nice day. Well, what happened was is that um, after that, I filed a complaint with the, the county government and so forth, and I raised even more hell with them. Did that actually and go anywhere? Got, Did that do anything? Well, what they said now is that well, all we need now is just a letter from you signed by you say, I don't own a business, I've never owned a business, and that'll be that's all we need. Instead of now wanting to review my taxes, now they just need a letter with removing my signature. There's always but some guess, hoop. There's always something there is, they yeah. want you to do. Something that you have some hoop you have to Even jump through. Even if they'd said that um you know, okay, your uh, sworn statement is, is enough for us. Just raise your right hand, you know, whatever. You still had to come in there two t- two different times and raise and all kind of hell. You know, oh, it's I, haven't, just so... I haven't. I have Yeah, the second time I raised hell, I did it over the phone. 
Okay. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't going to give them the glory of my gas <laughs> to get up there. Well, if it happens um, again, next time bring a video camera in and see how they like that. Oh, well, actually, I'm already uh, contacting local news stations interested in coming along with me and doing a story of this. Um, so they're interested in hearing and in, in videotaping this as well. What is the um, just a question about uh, personal property tax? What I mean, when you, for instance, when you don't pay property property tax uh, on on a home or, or a piece of land, they steal that from you. Uh, they, you know, they basically will uh, write down on a piece of paper that they now own that land in that house, and uh, they're going to come take it from you. What happens in with, with the income tax? Uh, usually, it's a jail term. So, what is the punishment for personal property if you don't, if you, for instance, didn't even bother to go and talk to them, and you didn't pay the uh, the eight hundred dollar uh, tax? What would they do? What would the the punishment be? To tell you the truth, I tried to flirt with that once, and nothing ever happened except getting more, more, and more added to my bill. I actually, because they never sent me a bill for two and a half years, I accumulated all this back taxes that I owed on my vehicle. Hmm. And finally, I get a bill that says I owe them uh, something like three hundred and some dollars. And I said, "Well, what's this?" I said, "That's way too high." And they show where they had all these billing periods. I said, well, I never received a statement. And, of course, I can't prove that by them. Sure. So I had to We sent it. You must have one. received it. Yeah, they sent it via the Postal Service. We Surely have proof right here. We have proof we right here on our computer. We sent it. Reliable. Yeah. <laughs> we all know the U.S. Postal Service is just... Exactly. Or, or their little file, um, as you know, as though if they say they sent it, they actually did. Now, I can see them stealing your cars if you don't pay the, the property taxes on the cars, but will they also come and steal all your business supplies? I mean, presuming you had a business, which you don't, uh, but would they also steal your business supplies if you decided to not uh, pay tax on those? I'm just, I'm I would curious. assume so because, I mean, well, I don't know because when, when I didn't pay my personal property tax on my car for two and a half years, I never even saw them. They may be longer, though. Notice. I do know sometimes what they will do. I mean, for instance, if you don't pay income tax, many times they don't just throw you in jail until you pay them. They'll just slap a lien against whatever real property you own. So whether it's yeah. your home or your the title on your vehicle, they'll just slap liens against and it. And they could take that oh, eventually. Yeah, I, I right. see that a lot. I work for a credit union, so I see that a lot on people's accounts. Uh, but I, they never did anything like that. I said, well, this is odd. I said, you can't even bill me correctly. And you're going to sit here and tell me that I own a business? Um, Welcome to the government. No, they well, can't. Also, They'll do I also, listen, you'll like this one. They have a they have a, a little statement that says, wait in line here, and they have a little car- political cartoon underneath of it that, in essence, bashes anybody who's against the car tax in the state. How's that? So that's been a huge debate. And they have this little cartoon. It's right there basically making fun of anybody who's against the car tax. And I pointed that out to him when I was in the office. I said, no, I said, you have the, how do you build me? I said, you have the audacity to mock people who are against being taxed for owning something. And yes, they do. <laughs> They've got and the men with the guns who will, yep, they'll, they'll do whatever they want. Uh, they'll make whatever demands they want, and uh, you'll jump through one of the hoops, and it sounds like that's what's going to happen because, you know, they, otherwise they're going to hurt you. Uh, great story. I... I'm glad that you're at least not going to have to pay uh, the $800, and that you did manage to get them to uh, to bend away on that. You know, next time, turn up the uh, the heat, bring in the video cameras, and uh, let, make them turn them into YouTube stars if they try to do this again to you. Thanks for the call tonight, dude. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. As uh, Judge Napolitano said recently on his show, Freedom Watch, the camera is the new gun. I fully agree. 800-259-9231. So arm up. 
with video cameras and record those bureaucrats. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So it doesn't matter if you're buying used items, brand new, in their dozens of categories. Whatever it is you buy through amazon.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live will get a cut. I just got a check from Amazon UK, which doesn't happen very often, but I should point out Does that we... Does have to get high enough for them to send something to you? Yeah, there's a certain uh, point at which, I think it's 50 pounds or something like that, uh, that it, or 50 euro. no, it's pounds, actually, 50 pounds, uh, they'll, they'll cut me a check. So I think I've gotten two checks from them over the, over the past year and a half or two years. Um, so there are a handful of folks buying over there in the UK, and I God appreciate that. You can, uh, the, if you go to amazon.freetalklive.com, it should direct you to the country that is appropriate for you. So if you're in Canada, if you're in uh, the United States, if you're in the UK, if you're in Germany, you should be able to get to the Amazon of uh, of the appropriate country for you. If it doesn't work, you can just add two letters amazon. or excuse me, amazonca.freetalklive.com, amazon us, amazon de, I believe for Germany. Yeah. And amazon They spelled G- Germany wrong in in Germany. They spell, you mean they spell it Deutschland or whatever? Like that. Okay, you're going to have to speak up, Mark, because I can't Something hear you like when that. you whisper. Uh, so, yeah. so the, the mic. Uh, no, you just need to modulate correctly. Anyway, so uh, Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com is the way to get your shopping done and help Free Talk Live at the same time. Let's go to your phone calls. Talk to Gene, the Christian anarchist. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Gene. Well, hello, guys. I'm currently in the Atlanta airport, and uh, tomorrow... Tonight we arrive in Seattle. Tomorrow we're going to drive over the border to Vancouver, Canada, and back again to drop off my wife's parents as they travel to China. So I'll let you know how the border crossing goes. And that's right, because there are new rules that say that you need to have passports in order to get back into the United States. That's right. So I'll let you know after I experience that. But I called about chemtrails. Oh, why? Uh, now I know, well, because I want to explain explain them to people. Now I've uh, had a little bit to do with airplanes. I fly uh, small planes, single-engine planes. I work uh, in the air races, and I fly a lot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, although I'm not an expert on the field, but I certainly have some knowledge of what's going on in the air. And like Mark referred to earlier, there's some truth to the fact that the government has done uh, experiments on spraying certain things into the atmosphere. That said... of all these streams that people see in the air are nothing more than water vapor, which is due to the exhaust of the jet engines. And the reason they're a checkerboard pattern is because planes fly along straight lines in the sky between point A and point B. Typically, they'll fly, uh, a lot of planes will fly the same straight line. So if you've got the wind blowing from east to west, and the planes are flying from north to south, then one plane will leave a track in the sky, and then the wind will blow that track to the east, say, to the east, and then another plane will come by leaving a track 
in exactly the same spot. However, uh, the other one has blown away to the side, so this one comes along parallel to it, and so on and so forth. As the planes cross that path in the sky, they leave their uh, water vapor trail. And Thank goodness, blows. Gene. I thought you were going to go off the deep end uh, there for a moment. Now, I mean, you're saying 99.9% are con- just regular old contrails, and I think that's an right. agreeable number. I mean, certainly, certainly now, there have been instances where we know that chemicals have been used, like malathion down in Florida, and then the U.K. Uh, sprayed something on some of their people at one point as well. And, and I'd like to point out to the people that are fairly new listeners or that haven't heard me before, I am an avid uh, conspiracy theorist. I believe that 9-11 was an inside job. I believe a lot of these things uh, that you disagree with. But the chemtrail issue is one that uh, I happen to know from my own experience and uh, observation that most of it is, is nothing more than water vapor from passenger jets. That is not to say that they don't do some experimentation, because obviously we know they do. I mean, it's all it's been published, so we know sure. that some experimentation takes place. But to think that you could spray something at 35,000 feet and then affect the, atmosphere, uh, the people on the ground is ludicrous, because the wind is going to blow that. You've got a, contra, a jet stream up there that's going 100 miles an hour, so it would blow it way far away from... From targeted area, unless their targeted area is halfway around the globe. Great point. So, so the, the 99, like I say, most of that is nothing more than water vapor. You know, Gene, it's yeah. not that I disagree with you on uh, the, the, you know, the 9/11 thing or some of the other conspiracies. It's uh, it's just that I just don't care. I don't know what the truth is about 9/11, and it it is irrelevant to me because it doesn't uh, affect my life in that I still believe the government is evil and that it's doing hor- horrible, horrific things to people, and I you know, don't need to have that proven to me in order to, uh, to believe the government is, is evil. Well, we do, the, I, we do agree on that one. I don't believe that the government is just evil. I believe that the government is actually the Antichrist spoken of in the Bible. When, hmm. uh, you know, when they say there are already many Antichrists in the world, I believe what that is referring to is governments around the world. All governments are antichrist because what they're doing is trying to take the place of God. They're trying to be your mommy from cradle to grave, and they're trying to make you bow down and worship them and uh, give them all your money. So Interesting observation. They're, they're basically false gods, and, uh, and the belief in the government is a cult. So I believe those are the antichrists spoken of in the Bible. Very good, Gene. <laughs> Have a safe trip. All right. Thanks for the Thank call. You. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You know, I've interesting. Uh, th- yeah, thinking about that, uh, um, in, in, it, it bothers me that government, that God asks for ten percent of your wages. But the Christian religion, yeah, yeah, in the Christian religion, a tithe, and I, from what I understand, that goes farther. I'm not sure, uh, but you know, I've I've certainly heard of tithes all my life, and that's ten percent of what you make. The government asks for like fifty percent. Does that mean the they government- don't ask? Yeah, well, you're right. <laughs> God, <laughs> if you believe in that, asks. Right, God asks, and you can uh, you free will. You can, you can choose. receive spiritual blessings. Uh, good things can happen to you by tithing, if you believe in tithing. Um, however, the government will throw you in jail if you don't get up something like fifty percent of your uh, wages. If you start looking at all the different taxes stacked up on top of each other, and it could be more. Um, certainly, we, you know, certainly it is more for some people. Now, did the Quakers tithe? Uh, no, as a matter of fact, Quaker uh, meetings, because they don't really have churches, so mm-hmm. meeting houses don't even ask money from people who, who are pays not the rent? members of the church. Um, I don't know of any uh, places. So you, you have to that... be a member of the Quaker church? or 
You but can be a member, but the, you don't have the to only, be. My, the experience I've had are at two different uh, Quaker meetings um, where they uh, neither – at no point have I been asked for money. At no point has it been suggested. At no point have I seen a place to put money. Mm. So you would have to seek it out. You'd have to say to whoever is organizing that thing, hey, how can I help you pay for this room or something like that? If they, if right. You to. But um, the, also there's a meeting for business. Uh, so after church, after, after, after the meeting meeting, um, you, 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 then there's a meeting for business I after see. that. And at the meeting for business, they, uh, they handle you know, business issues. Got it. All right, let's continue with your calls about anything. Nick in Massachusetts, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Nick. Uh, hi. Hey. Uh, am I on? You are. What's on your mind? Wow. Um, I would just like to talk about Somalia. Um, sure. To uh, the extent that a lot of people are making comparisons to anarchy about it, and it really has been getting on my nerves as of late, because plenty of people like to say that it's libertarian paradise, that there's almost no central government, which is true. But there's a lot of violence also, right? There's a lot of uh, you know, local governments also. Um, you know, they, it, it may not be a particularly local, a good local government. That government may, may not be sanctioned by the U.N. or some other uh, bordering country. But those are local governments when there's a group of people that are willing to use violence on you in order to get your uh, money or, or you know, your possessions. Um, you know, <laughs> what's the difference between that and a local government? Well, and Somalia is a great example of what happens when you use violent means to get to the ends of a no-government situation is the violence continues to perpetuate. Uh, and in, in the case of Somalia, the U.N. is very interested in continuing, some, yeah, at least this is my understanding, the, the U.N. is very interested in continuing to enforce or to force an unwanted, what is an unwanted government on the people of Somalia. And so that's where a lot of the strife comes in is basically a lot of Somalians are rejecting uh, that idea and rejecting it violently. And the U.S. or the U.N. continues to come in with uh, with people that are willing to do violence. And so, again, violence begetting violence. Uh, it's, it is not an example of a vol- the rise of a voluntary society at all, which is, of course, what I advocate, that yeah. people come to a paradigm shift and, and come to the idea of embracing the idea that uh, that people should interact on a consensual basis and uh, and, and make the uh, the evolution to that point is that pretty much uh you have any other yeah thoughts i mean i just i've heard so many comparisons that people are talking go to uh, somalia yeah. libertarian paradise bring out the violent uh, example to them and say this is not the uh, the society i envision because you can't get to the society of peaceful evolution through violent means. You cannot get to a consensual society through violence. Thank you for the call. Hour 3 is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch here into the third hour of the show. Joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those. And those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for their websites. Ours is free at freetalklive.com. Quick update on New Hampshire Liberty Activism. Uh, Andrew Carroll, who back in January stood in public and held a piece of marijuana, a bud of cannabis, 
held it in his hand and was arrested for it here in Keene, New Hampshire. There was tremendous turnout uh, to support Andrew at the time of his arrest. There was also tremendous turnout to support him at his trial and they or the trial that they held for him that they demanded he attend where he was found guilty of possessing marijuana and the trial very it's itself was very interesting because uh, there was a lot of levity in the room for whatever reason mm-hmm. um, maybe it's pot's funny it's really funny sending people to jail for possessing plants yep. but uh, he he managed to get the judge to laugh and it was it was not a very heavy oppressive atmosphere despite the oppression that was going on it was a very bizarre uh, situation to be in you can see all the the footage over at freekeen.com you'll have to dig a, a little bit through the blog to find it but it's all there the footage of him being arrested the footage of the trial is all there and he initially was going to appeal the conviction however has decided at this point to not go that route and I don't have mm. his reasoning in front of me as far as why he decided to do that. I think that he wants to basically experience uh, the inside of the Westmoreland County Jail or the uh, the Cheshire County Jail here in the southwestern corner of New Hampshire. Uh, I guess to get that uh, that experience because it is an unusual and unique experience. I think uh, I'd rather have the experience of having an appeal and a jury trial. Yeah, I, I you know there's certainly people that are critical uh, of him on that, but you know it's his situation. It's his situation. If I like it better, I could just go ahead and hold some pot in my hand out yeah, in the middle yeah. of uh, Railroad Square in Keene, New Hampshire, and, and, and do it the right way. Any old time you want to. So, uh, and some people are you know they even speculate that the appeal never would have gone anywhere anyway. So who knows? But that's what he has chosen. He's chosen to go ahead and take the nine days in jail. The judge in the case uh, during the trial did tell him that he didn't want to send him to jail. I don't want to do this to you, uh, but I'll have to if you force me to. Of course, they're the ones forcing him into their system and forcing him to come to their trial and forcing him into the jail. Oh, it's done, yeah. Basically, the judge gave him an extra weekend to think about it uh, because Andrew had essentially told the judge, look, I'm not paying your fine because the fine was $420, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Uh, he's not going to pay the fine, and he's not going to do community service for this purpose. He'll do his own community service on his own time, but he's not going to do it in the name of the state, basically. That's what he told the judge, and so the judge said, I'll give you the weekend to think about it. And he thought about it, and he was still thinking about appealing at that time, but at this point, he's decided, nope, I'm going to go ahead and go to the jail, go to jail and do the, do the time, and and the taxpayers are going to have to pay something like $60, $80 a day to keep him in jail for those nine days. So there's over 500 bucks that's going to be spent to keep this guy in jail uh, to feed him. And Pointless. Of course, I don't know. He might be fasting. I think he's oh God. talked about possibly fasting. For Let's all. not do that, people. Let's not get into the hunger striking thing. It's just not going to do any good. Um, yeah, but, uh, Sam is fully off his hunger strike uh, at, at this point. Our friend Sam, who is sitting in a jail cell, in the very same jail that Andrew checked into today, uh, Sam has been there since April 13th, which is kind of an interesting situation. You have to wonder, what are they going to do with Andrew? Are they going to... Uh, is he? First of all, he's also talking about non-cooperating and not answering questions, which may result in him being put into solitary confinement or some sort of maximum security situation. He wouldn't be spending the kind of time that Sam's spending there because he's already got a sentence. Which is good. Well, that's true, but I mean, my question is, where will they keep him in the jail? They could put him in the multi-purpose room where Sam is, which of course would put two of them together into the same room. No, they could put him up into population where Sam has been, which would put two of them in two different places in the jail. I don't know which one is more desirable to the jailers. Do you want to have a liberty activist in every wing of the jail, or do you want to keep them uh, together? 
Or they could put him in solitary confinement or maximum security, or they could just keep him in the holding cells for nine days, I suppose, as well. So I couldn't tell you for sure what 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 it is that they do. It seems unlikely to me they put him in the same um, same place, but you you never know. Uh, I was went to see the movie uh, Che with uh, Benedicio del Toro mm-hmm. um, in it uh, on Sunday night with uh, Lauren Canario and her husband Jim, and. Uh, they were discussing that uh, apparently it was just talked about kind of in a fun way that uh, uh, Jim was going to make a giant PVC uh, cross for um, Andrew to carry from uh, the, you know, the railroad square down to the jail in uh-huh. Westmoreland. <laughs> <laughs> that would be annoying. That's a 13-mile walk. It's a long, long walk, but uh, can you imagine what it would be like driving past somebody carrying a giant PVC cross <laughs> walking down the road? <laughs> Well, certainly uh, some people did drive by today because what what the activists did was they walked from Keene, New Hampshire, out to the jail in Westmoreland, which is a 13-mile wow. uh, journey. And uh, it, what a tremendous day it was for them. Apparently about 15 people came out for this, so they basically spent the whole day walking Pretty close. Uh, with Andrew. They went out to the jail. And by the way, I'm being told by Blog uh, Bile from blogabile.com that he has got all of the video footage of Andrew all collected into one convenient place at andrew.jailedactivist.info. That's andrew.jailedactivist.info. So if you want to see all that stuff, you haven't seen it yet, you can go and do that there. But uh, so Andrew decided to turn himself in to check into Shea Westmoreland today, get himself a room. Uh, so he did that. And they uh, walked at about 10 this morning, finished up at about 3.30 at the jail. And this was kind of an interesting uh, little development. Once they got to the jail, of course, the activists walked around the jail several times because there's no way that they, they, don't, they can't prevent you from walking around this jail. It's fully open. So everybody can just walk around, hold signs and wave at the windows. Of course, you can't see it. Actually, you can see it in some of the windows, but some of them you can't. So sometimes the prisoners come up and they'll wave and, you know, flash peace signs and things like that. And so after they walked around the, uh, the the jail a few times, they then attempted to go inside at about 4 o'clock, and they wouldn't take him. The jail wouldn't take Andrew in. They made him wait an hour before they <laughs> actually let him into the jail. So it's very strange. And so there he is. He's going to be there for nine days. Maybe he'll be able to access a phone. They're likely going to hold him in the holding cells until he gets classified uh, and, of course, where, whether he gets classified or how he gets classified will depend on whether he is cooperative with them and answering questions. And I'm not sure what his strategy is. So there's a possibility that, you know, he could be put into some sort of solitary confinement where he has no access to a phone. We may not hear anything from him until he gets out. Or there's a possibility that he'll go ahead and answer some questions, get put in a population where he can talk to the other prisoners and, you know, play cards and stuff like that. I definitely uh, see value in that. A- access a phone. Maybe uh, maybe he'll encounter Sam, and Sam can give him uh, my landline number, and he can call the, the studio, and we can talk to him from inside the jail. But Andrew Carroll, marijuana civil disobedience activist, is currently behind bars. Yeah, you know, I'm... If if I got to say on this issue, and I don't, um, I think that cooperating once you're in the jail, you know, showing that you're willing to go to jail, I think is uh, is a value. I think once you get in jail, that uh, you probably you know make more friends uh, amongst the guards. They'll understand you better if you can communicate with them. They'll yeah. be more likely to listen to what you say if I you're agree. cooperative. And well, uh, you've co- and at that point, you've cooperated in going to the court proceeding. And ex- essentially accepting the sentence that was yep. given to you. So if if you're not going to cooperate to me, it seems like it makes sense. Why show just, up at the jail? Why, well, why why would you have shown up to court? Yeah. 
And why, and why say, okay, well, I'll decide between this punishment and that punishment. Also, the guards know the power of the statement that you're making. I mean, you're choosing to go to jail when so many people would not. Mm-hmm. And I think that the then squandering the opportunity to, to talk to those people about what it is that, you know, you're you're talking about, why you're doing this is, you know, I think it's a waste, personally. That's my opinion. All right, so there's the latest on the Andrew Carroll situation. We'll continue to bring you more as it develops. I did talk to Sam, by the way, today. He is still in there. Uh, he did tell me that he has been eating pretty much. He's back up to full speed. Uh, at this point, he's been working out to try to gain uh, some of his weight back that, that he had lost. He lost about 15 pounds uh, while he was in jail on his fast for several weeks there. So he's back to eating. He is, Apparently, they've got a television uh, in the jail, and uh, he was telling me that they had, a, I guess they get Sci-Fi Channel. At, at the jail. What was it like in prison for you, Mark? How many channels did you have there? Um, they didn't. They basically broadcast television. They they had cable, but it was attached to an antenna that just got regular television. Mm. Gotcha. So uh, Sam's just enjoying himself, waiting for whatever verdict comes out of the Supreme Court, which is where his paperwork is currently at. And I believe that he and Ivy still have a few uh, tricks up their sleeve that they're looking to utilize if necessary. So we'll continue to fill you in as it develops with the uh, the Sam case and Andrew as well. Sam's latest blog is up at freekeen.com. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live, toll-free. You can dial in, bring up anything, 800-259-9231. That would be the SACL CAI toll-free line. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See it for yourself, shrine.freetalklive.com. If you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. See their banner at freetalklive.com. As we continue taking your phone calls about whatever you want, we're going to Greasy in Wisconsin. Greasy, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Greasy. Uh, I just want to say that I'm also from uh, Wisconsin, not like Pam, though. Uh, but I want to <laughs> say that I did sign up for the Free State Project. You uh, did sign did up? Say, yes. Um, oh, congratulations. I do plan on being there around 2011. Uh, right now, I'm just saving up money see what I can do. Also, I wanted to talk about how I can talk to other people about this idea without being so um, abrasive. Which idea? The idea of moving to New Hampshire for liberty or the idea of liberty in general? Or what specifically? Yeah, the idea of liberty in general, because every time I, I try to even bring it up, when people bring up their political views, which is usually liberal, sadly, in uh, Madison, it's just mm-hmm. like I'm scoffed at. It's not even not even an idea that anyone can really grasp. And it's just it's it's becoming more and more frustrating, which I guess motivates me to move there more. Sure. But at the same time, it's well, you'll still need to, even when you get to New Hampshire, you'll still need to understand, uh, you know, certain methods of persuasion and and get good at talking to people about the ideas of freedom. Because even once you get here, we still have to change hearts and minds here uh, in order to get right. to a more consensual society. And I would suggest that you start with the Advocates for Self-Government at theadvocates.org. They have excellent books and audios that you can read and listen to that will help you 
get some real um, great and effective techniques to help persuade people to the ideas of freedom. One of my favorites is to uh, basically agree with the person on whatever it is their goal is. I mean, unless their goal is to to put people in train cars and gas them. Uh, Presumably their goals are are positive, like saving the environment. Or I mean, you're talking about liberals, so feeding the poor. Or uh, if you're talking about conservative, you can still be talking about protecting America um, and without, you know, wiping out every other uh, you know country in the planet so basically if your friend or whoever it is you're talking to family member coworker makes a statement well i believe that this should happen and if you agree with the ends you know if it's clean water or, or clean air or feeding the hungry whatever it might be you can say well yeah i agree with you too i just think that that this is a better way to go about accomplishing it and that is the better way to accomplish that would be through um, not using coercive force on our neighbors and you can get right. into the the details on the issue if you want but it's always i think good to uh to nail it down to the gun in the room and talk about how you'd like to find solutions that don't involve the threat of force against your neighbors right and i and i do like a a, a lot of a lot of the times when mark disagrees with people he says first that he agrees with them which I'm really trying to do too, um, and it doesn't. Well, you're just work disagreeing well. on the means to the end. That's all. You're you're not disagreeing yeah. on the ends again, unless it is a violent end that they're looking for. Like if they want to kill brown people, then you know the conversation's over. You're not going to persuade that well, person. Usually, yeah. somebody doesn't just want to murder uh, people from other countries. Usually, what they want is you know peace and security here in the United States. Yeah, I, right. I, I what would. The government does is take the easy middle road, which is usually violence. And, that involves killing brown people. Yeah, I, I would say, though, even even with the best methods of persuasion, you're only going to get a certain percentage of the people you talk to to agree Absolutely. with you. And very few of those are going to come around all that quickly. So, I mean, the biggest thing is not to push somebody beyond repair right up front. Like, you don't need to confront them about the areas where you do disagree too strongly. I mean, just okay. keeping it a, a cordial sort of academic debate is a lot better than getting very emotional about it and you, you'll probably drive them away if yeah if, if you're right. making it an unpleasant conversation for them to be having but if you're you know kind of going back and forth and you know they're enjoying discussing the ideas even if they don't agree with them then you're a lot more likely to you know lead them to a place where you can make an impact as opposed to you know Getting angry at them. Yeah, you need uh, you need to create like five areas of agreement for every area of disagreement in order to okay. uh, be successful. So you can say, you know, I want I want to see clean air, I want to see clean water, I want to see all of these things. Um, it's just that the the part that I I find very difficult to imagine that the, is that the organization, um, you know, the government that has been you know in charge of t- uh, this stuff all along has been screwing it up and is the worst polluter on the planet is going to be the one that's going to bring us there. All right, thanks guys. And and I like what Nick said about not expecting any miracles uh, right off the bat. I mean, it's very very unlikely that somebody's going to bow down on bended knee in front of you and say, "Oh, thank you for for telling me about this. I've always looked for this message my whole life." Uh it's going to take some time. It's going to take a, a number of conversations over what could bo- possibly be months or years before somebody actually well, can come to these conclusions on their own because they have to come to the conclusions on their own. And there are some people that you're just not going to be able to reach. I mean, there are Absolutely. some people who are committed to the idea of growing the size of the state, and you have to wonder how productive having a discussion with them really is. If they're not going to change their minds, essentially all they are is competition for you in the marketplace of ideas. They're Don't not, be afraid to write them off. Right. I mean, they're not buying anyone else's ideas. They're selling their own. And if they're at that point where they're you know, advocates of much bigger government 
and they don't really seem very interested in discussing alternatives or questioning their viewpoint, then just write them off. Or if you can show them the gun in the room and they see the gun in the room and they accept the gun in the room, then that's a good time to say, oh, well, I'll find someone else to talk to then because there's no point in trying to persuade someone who is embracing violence uh, for their means. Many of them don't realize it. Most liberals don't realize the violence is there. And most liberals are very anti-gun and very anti-violence. And so if you can show them the gun in the room and uh, tell them about how you support peaceful solutions, that may be very persuasive to, uh, to a true liberal and someone who's not necessarily a state and authoritarian status at heart. So somebody who's gr- always grown up being told that, well, the Democrats care about poor people. Right. And I have one more point. Um, if there is a job opening for a graphic designer in New Hampshire, I'll be there sooner. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Very good. Thanks for the call. Hey, keep your eyes open. There are jobs posted over at freestateproject.org in the job section of their forum there. Also at forum.freekeen.com, uh, there is a, a, a working a jobs opportunity section there, which is not as heavily trafficked, uh, but it's something to keep in, in mind. And there are some links to job websites like local newspapers and job sites where postings like that are listed. Hey, you know, I, I'd i also uh, kind of give up the idea of just uh, the person you random person you meet on the street signing up for the Free State Project. I think you uh, have to know, at least know that the person's a libertarian or believes in liberty to some level or another. To promote that to them. Yeah. Sure. It doesn't, you know, the, the idea of uh, taking somebody who claims to be a, a liberal or, or you believe to be a liberal and converting them to moving to the Free State Project in one conversation and if that it would even be really that much of a benefit if they aren't pretty thoroughly rooted in the concepts of Was he liberty. trying to do that? I didn't realize that no, that was he what we were talking about. about. Um, you know, he talked about the ideas of the Free State Project and you know, convincing people and frustration. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't think you really need to necessarily convert everybody, but if you're representing the ideas and the viewpoints of liberty well, you might plant a seed that could germinate years down the line for somebody that was around for that conversation. Absolutely. 800-259-9231. And again, go to theadvocates.org. They've got some great resources that will really help give you some concrete examples of some great persuasive techniques. More coming up. Free Talk Live. Hey, podcast listeners. I've been working with a couple of advertisers who have concerns about the ages of our podcast listenership. Generally, the younger the person, the more likely they are to fill out a survey. We need to counteract this trend. Please, take a moment to go to survey.freetalklive.com and let us know your age and sex. That's survey.freetalklive.com, especially if you're over 25. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners just like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive. Edit virtually anything that you see there. W-I-K-I wiki dot freetalklive.com from creating new and old media to political action to civil disobedience and market-based activism you'll find more pro-liberty activism than you ever imagined possible when you move to new hampshire as part of the free state project learn more at freestateproject.org that's freestateproject.org as we go to the story i suggested we'd get to tonight and finally it looks like we have a chance from the san francisco gate at sfgate.com Americans who want to cross back over the border after trips to Mexico and Canada must now show passports or specially issued identification cards. 
papers, please. These are so, so-called enhanced driver's licenses. Those entering the United States by car, on foot, or by sea had to begin showing passports on Monday. Air travelers have had to show passports when returning from bordering nations since 2006. But complaints from the travel industry and a backlog of passport applications prompted a delay in the requirement for those arriving by land or sea. Customs officials reported no delays or significant problems at ports of entry on Monday. I love this quote. It's business as usual, said Kelly Inva, whoever, a spokeswoman for the U.S. Customs and Border Patrol. It's just business. They're just doing business out there. Aren't you a happy, satisfied customer? <laughs> as you get probed and prodded and have your crap gone through at the, the border. About 90% of land and sea travelers were complying with the passport requirement, she said, and the rest were issued warnings, yep. but were allowed back into the country once they could prove their citizenship. And this baffles me. It how just, do you do that? It, it, I mean, I, I don't know how it is. They probably ask you your address or something like that or ask you a series of questions, of, you know, facts about yourself. I don't know. But I really wonder what would it be like? How, you know, what would it, it this wouldn't cost you too much um, to try if you happen to be one of our, one of our listeners near the border. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what would it be like if you just went over and then you came back and said, I, I don't Forgot have it. a passport. I don't have, as a matter of fact, I don't have a, I know that the Rainbow Bridge is a walking bridge over to Canada, um, I've taken over, and uh, that, you know, so I don't have my driver's, I don't have anything to prove that I'm a United States citizen, but I'm a United States state citizen. Well, that would have gotten you across, I think, about five or six years ago. Yeah, likely, but I wonder what, like, what's going to happen? Uh, would you have a social security number? That's not but, good enough. That doesn't prove you're a citizen. Well, they, sure, might, they can off. link it to your place of birth, probably through government databases. But do they have the ability to do that at the Border Patrol yeah, checkpoint take station? A while. They've got the inter- I mean, they, I, I'm sure that you know they can place a phone call or send an email. The and, only way to stop this at this point is to not br- give to, them your passport. To not comply. Yeah, yeah. to have mass like it non-compliance. Depends, it depends on how it is you want to go about it. Here's my driver's license from Florida or whatever. However you want to do it, whether you want to do it you know, the old way, because it seems to me that was working just fine. Yeah. Clearly, if, the, if it was g- all the terrorists were going to rush in, they would have done in the decade that uh, nearly <laughs> that's, that's passed since 9-11. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, and they have yet to be able to implement this stupid program that is all it does is makes it more difficult on American citizens. And, uh, you know, terrorists would clearly have fake cred uh, before this. So it's it, it p- preposterous if you just want to go back to the old system, which it, like it was yesterday, and it was all you needed is driver's license and a birth yeah. certificate you, you still for the last i went across no. the border with a yeah. driver's yes, license you, did. you needed no. a proof of citizenship not the, according to this it says in the past u.s citizens needed to only show a valid driver's license or birth certificate to cross the border in the past as of i believe before 2007 but hmm. my understanding is that up until recent you know in the last couple of years there was this interim period where they've been phasing this in you needed proof of identity and proof of citizenship. Julia got back without, uh, when we went to Canada last, no, two years ago, year and a half ago, uh, when we went to, no, last year. Anyway, when we went to Canada, and when we were coming back, they did, uh, most of the people in the car did have passports, but Julia could not get her birth certificate in order to apply for a passport, because she just couldn't find it. Uh, right, and it's not the easiest enough, thing to find necessarily. She, it's not you use it every day. She didn't have enough time to if, uh, to get another copy sent to her and then go through the process. So she did come back with just a driver's license, and it was okay. 
I'm not saying you can't get across, but of course you can get across today without a passport, most likely. So you're saying they were bending the rules then for Well, I mean, how long are they going to hold up the line? I mean, it, Well, there was no line. We were but, at uh, yeah. a very obscure crossing right. point. Yeah, but, but I mean, that, that is the question: I, is you know, like, how difficult can you make it on them? How difficult are they going to make it on you? Like, I mean, what's going to happen? The articles I've read on this is is saying that they're it's going to be lax enforcement up front, and that was the government position was basically, well, we're not going to hold you for days outside of the U.S. We're just going to ask you some questions and ask for whatever ID you have. But later they might, right? I mean, down well, the line, I mean, after you're supposed to know better. They'll probably get more and more restrictive. I think The, the sad this, part about the sheeple, the American sheeple on this one, is that they're bringing the passports. I mean, if you don't sure. want to see this implemented, don't bring, don't show them your passport, for God's sakes. At least keep it in your back pocket and say, I don't have a passport to show you. Oh, that passport. Right. At the <laughs> very least, you just you give them the driver's license and try to push through. Uh, if you had any, you know, any desire desire to keep the government from encroaching on this area, but they don't. I, I think what the government is trying to do here personally is not so much it's not so much that they care about people getting back into the United States without a passport. It's more that they want a, a much larger number of Americans to adopt a federal ID, whether it's a passport or mm-hmm. an enhanced state driver's license with all the RFID, RFID chips, yeah, they're right, now in and them. all the other federal hoopla that's in there. Don't forget the I, I additional bureaucrats you're going to need to check these things, the additional bureaucrats you're going to need to process these things. Right. They, they just want more crap but for things we don't need. Personally, I think it's more about getting Americans to a point, you know, if most Americans, when they hear that they need a passport to get back from Canada or Mexico, are going to go out and get a passport. Sure they will. Or one of these enhanced IDs. And I think that is the objective here, not actually preventing people from getting back. I, into the I think you're absolutely spot on with that one. Uh, the story continues that under the new policy, you must present a passport, federal passport card, or an enhanced driver's license issued by some states, or be a member of the federal government's trusted traveler programs, which require background checks and are designed for people who cross the border regularly on business. California is not among the states issuing enhanced driver's licenses. Uh, obviously, this is a San Francisco story. The travel industry won a delay in enforcement of the new rules a year and a half ago, arguing that most U.S. travelers were unaware of the changes. Well, it was my understanding the reason why it was delayed was because the bureaucrats couldn't handle all the applications for passports quickly enough. Basically, they'd said to Americans that, uh, hey, you're going to need a passport now. And, of course, Americans obediently uh, jumped right into line to get themselves a passport. And the incredibly large increased demand on the passport office, they couldn't, they couldn't hire enough bureaucrats to process through the applications in a, fast, in a quick enough manner. So, basically, they had to put it off. So they're saying that it was the, uh, the travel industry that successfully lobbied for it. I think it was really more of a matter of... Uh, just numbers. They just couldn't process it quick enough. Uh, the travel industry, according to the president of the Travel Association, he said the organization doesn't expect problems this time, but promised to monitor the situation. Well, great. Thanks so much for monitoring the tyranny. We really appreciate <laughs> that. But you're right, Mark. If people don't want this to happen, they shouldn't uh, They shouldn't bow down and they, they shouldn't participate. But I did. I had a passport when I when I came back. And, of course, it wasn't my trip. It was Julia's trip. And, you know, we didn't want trouble uh, on the way back in. So I, I'd agreed to not stir anything up or pull out a video camera or do any sort of activism on the way back. However, it certainly would be, you know, it would be interesting, Mark, uh, to get some activists together and go out and do a mass border crossing down the line. Since they're letting people through right now, maybe six months or a year down the line, send 
10 cars across the border, have them pull a U-turn when they, when they, get, when they get over into the Canadian side and come back around uh, to the U.S. side of the border and uh, see what happens then. Are they going to lock everybody in detention cells or what? what I don't know. Do? I, mean, you know I, I think they do need that kind of activism. Right. Well, the, I know that, the, that Pork Fest is coming up, the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, coming up uh, later this month. We're going to be attending that. We'll be broadcasting live. And rumor has it that there may be just a spontaneous uh, dis, uh, activist may spontaneously decide to drive up to one of the internal checkpoints and to basically do some activism up there, which I think would be great. And, of course, actually going to the border would kind of be taking that to the next step. So maybe that will be coming down the line. Well, we've got more activists here in New Hampshire. 800-259-9231, because it's both Canada and Mexico these new rules apply to. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time for your call if you make it right now. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, expose new people to the ideas of freedom. And you get perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, AMP-only chat room, and more. All the details are there. And you can get signed up at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Well, Mark, you sent me a story today that I thought was kind of interesting, uh, and one that uh, some of our listeners who are affiliated or were affiliated with the uh, the Libertarian Party at one time might find intriguing. I think I believe I got mine from uh, blogofbile.com. Very good. Uh, the story is about Wayne Root. Now, for those of you that don't know, the Libertarian Party uh, on the national level has been falling down an abyss of statism for a number of years, and it's just been getting worse and worse. It used to be the party of principle. They still call themselves that, but talk is cheap. Uh, It used to be the party of principle in that you had to sign a statement when you joined the party that said you don't support or advocate the initiation of force to achieve political or social goals. And for a long time, the party tended to stick to that particular statement until recently, until the last decade, basically. After uh, the Harry Brown campaign in the year 2000, things started to free fall, basically. I mean, it, it's, it started slowly, and then it, over time became uh, – which it was the, the decline was accelerating with the Libertarian Party. The, the distance they were putting between themselves and their principal beliefs was shocking and offensive to me, and I quit the Libertarian Party last year, and this was one of the – their decline was one of their main reasons. They, uh, they just – they were not uh, principled anymore. They were advocating government force. They were advocating government uh, involvement in various different things. One of the most recent examples is the during the whole swine flu thing, the Libertarian Party came out with a press release that said they support quarantining people. It was just absolutely outrageous what they were doing. Of course, back in 2008, they nominated Bob Barr for the presidential candidacy. 
which was totally ludicrous. I mean, Bob Barr isn't even close to being a libertarian. Right, and he's the not, sad thing... Bob Barr's not even a particularly principled small government Republican. No, no. he's a former CIA agent. <laughs> um, you know, it was... The sad thing about it is that they sold their soul in order to get more votes and get more recognition. That was the and, excuse for Bob and, Barr. you know, whatever, whatever it would take in order... You know, we'll, we'll take this Republican, we'll call him a libertarian in a, in a race where, you know... this. This was the worst year to do such a thing from a strategic standpoint. We'll do it. Um, so Bob Barr gets his moment in the sun as he a presidential. Got, he didn't get barely anything. I mean, I, I right. wasn't paying the closest of attention, but I did certainly see a lot of electoral uh, coverage and blogs on liberty-oriented websites. And, yeah, Bob Barr would get an occasional interview, but I can't say that Bob Barr got more press than Harry Brown did a decade ago in the, the 2000 uh, presidential campaign. I can't say that he got more coverage, and he, he certainly should have been able to with his big name recognition. I mean, he's Bob Barr, the former uh, Georgian representative, U.S. representative. He certainly had more name recognition than Harry Brown did at a national political level. But I think Harry Brown got more interviews uh, on television than Bob Barr did. But despite Bob Barr's uh, pathetic uh, appearance and despite him uh, going and watering down the message of liberty... Of course, the idea was that, well, if he waters down the message, then our tent will get bigger and we can have more people in the Libertarian Party. Yay! And it didn't work out. Uh, it turns right. out that so, he got hardly any, barely a fraction of a percentage of votes more than uh, than Harry Brown. Maybe like 1% more than Harry Brown did in the year, two, uh, in the year 1996. Right. In and as a result, the Libertarian Party now isn't getting nearly the... Um, the, the the donations that it was before, so it's drying up on the vine. Oh, is that right? Well, of course it is. Think about it for a second. Voters are not donors. Mm -hmm. How many people listening to me right now have voted but not donated to a campaign? Speaking of voting, you can vote for Free Talk Live at vote.freetalklive.com. We doing okay, Mark? We're number one right now. But I mean, please, please go vote. It'll solidify our uh, position. It's a vote that makes a difference. Yeah. Unlike national elections. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, you know as well as I do that voters are not necessarily donors. And so the very fact that they were able to, they, they compromised and so many people left the party to the point that it schismed. They started off a new party called like the, the, Boston Tea, Tea Party, Party um, and uh, you know, who I guess ran in a couple of locations. It just it makes no sense. What they cut they off did. their nose to spite their face. That's I don't know that term? they did it necessarily to spite anyone, but they yeah. did it. In, they they traded uh, their principles in order to get more votes, more more power, more recognition, and they, and they got, got none of it. Nothing. They traded their principles for something and got none of it. And now they're even worse off as a result of it, as, yep. you, as you pointed out. And they still don't have well, principles. most principled libertarians distanced themselves from the party at that Absolutely. point. I mean, I think a lot of people who had been associated with the Libertarian Party for a period of time were more interested in writing in Ron Paul or trying to get him on the ballot mm-hmm. than voting for Bob Barr. Absolutely. I mean, it was just... There, I knew I wasn't going to be voting for Bob Barr, and it really turned me off to voting for any other libertarians I had the chance to vote for, whether they were associated with the National Party or not, because when people see libertarian on the ballot, if that libertarian does well, they're going to think, oh, that guy must be kind of like Bob Barr. But the story tonight is not about Bob Barr. I was just telling you that, just to give you a little bit of background, in case you're a new listener and you don't know all this sordid history behind what's happened to the Libertarian Party. And fact is, most people don't, because most people even barely know the Libertarian Party exists. Care less. However... 
The reason I bring it all up is because of a man named Wayne Allen Root. Now, Wayne Root was the vice presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party. And I don't know who was worse between Wayne Root and Bob Barr. It, it may be a toss-up. I Honestly, I didn't pay too close of attention to what either of them said, just because I'd heard enough from both of them to know that they were not anything I was interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that Wayne Allen Root is not a libertarian. He's one of those so-called conservative libertarians, which is really just a conservative. He's not a neocon. He's just a conservative, right? Like a traditional conservative. He's okay with the military, and he's okay with this and that. He's okay with these government programs over here. And I don't know specifically what he's okay with, but it was not liberty. He's not okay with true freedom. This guy is really out pushing himself. He has gotten, I think, more more press than Bob Bard. And this this guy has been on Glenn Beck recently. He's been on the uh, the Judge Napolitano show. He was on just before Sam's appearance. He, if you go to his website, he lists all of his media that uh, that he's been involved in, and it's clear that he is making an angling for the Libertarian Party presidential candidacy of 2012. In fact, he even calls himself on his own website bio the leading contender for the Libertarian Party's uh, presidential candidate Wah-hoo. in 2012. Like, I don't know who else is running at this point, Wayne Root. I think yeah. you're the only candidate uh, at this point. You know, so. I just uh, now that I I don't have the affinity for the National Libertarian. Party that I did at one point, it's so meaningless to me. You know, I, I mean, just just imagine. Let's replace the name of the Libertarian Party with uh, the Natural Law Party, which I know existed at one point or another. The the leading contender for the Natural Law Party's uh, you know nomination for president. Yeah, big Who? fat hairy deal. But none of that's the news. The news is from Newsmax.com that the uh, that Wayne Allen Roots got himself a new talk radio show that he's calling the Libertarian slash Conservative. See, anytime somebody who claims to be a Libertarian puts Conservative next to their uh, their name with the word Libertarian, you know they're not Libertarians. <laughs> uh, version of Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity. Root told, uh, told Newsmax that Hannity and Limbaugh are very good at what they do, but there's room for someone like me. I'm bringing a Libertarian slash Conservative viewpoint, while the other major talk stars are strictly Conservative. Wayne Root is a best-selling author, regular contributor to Fox News and Fox Business Network, weekly commentator on the Savage Nation, which is a real bad sign, right. uh, and the Jerry Doyle Show. The Las Vegas Denizen. Now Jerry Doyle, uh, probably you know, a, a pretty good example of like a libertarian conservative out there that I, I think does a pretty good show. I listen to it. This guy's a, a self-made millionaire. He's an entrepreneur, and credit to him for that. I mean, good Wayne for Allen him. For, yeah, Wayne Root. So good for him for making money. And that explains this next part. The fact that he's a, a millionaire explains this. His radio program, WAR, The Wayne Allen Root Show, debuts War. on June 6th. He scored a, a coup by landing spots on stations in the three largest markets, New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago. Says he expects his Saturday show, wonder what his hours are, to be on more than 20 stations within six months and to be widely available nationwide within a year. Now, how is it that Wayne Allen Root, who has virtually no history doing radio, I think he produced some radio and television show in the past, but he has, if you look at his bio, he's not a radio guy. How is it that Wayne Allen Root can get clearance on the on three stations in the top three markets with having no track record in he radio? He said he was a millionaire? Millionaire. He could buy it. He's buying airtime. Two of the stations that he's going to be on are Salem radio stations. They are more than happy to sell their airtime. KBC in Los Angeles is the on other the weekend. one. Yeah. They're going to sell him the airtime, and he's going to get on and talk about libertarianism and bad mouth and ruin this movement even further. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 